Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Man, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. And uh, man, I just want you guys to know, just take a second for those online, for those here in person, uh, we know that there are a lot of ministry and churches and places and and i just every now and then i I just want to say this we are not a competitive entity we believe we are part of the big church okay so we're not i'm not competing with other churches i'm just we're just doing the calling and the assignment that god has given us to do and we know there's a lot of places that you can go and i just want you to know that our staff our team our dream team like we we really do take on the responsibility of getting the privilege to be able to minister to you and to open the word and um you know sometimes as a pastor you get to preach huh feel good sermons and everybody needs I mean that's not bad you understand what I'm saying like sometimes you need to open the word and get some faith and be like yeah come on it is going to be okay and then and then sometimes you have to preach things that you know what we would like to avoid come on does that make sense uh uh and, and so um here's the deal there's two topics that I think that people get real squirmish squirmish uh uh is that a word? I think that's a word. Is that a word? Is that, I'm going to roll with it. I'm, I'm rolling with it. It's tithing and politics. Hey. So here's the deal. Today we're going to talk about just one of them. <laughs> and so some of you are like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about politics. So guess what? Your money's good. We've already taken the tithe. So just relax. It's, it's all downhill from here. You know what I'm saying? It's all downhill. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to navigate the waters of this electoral season. As we wrestle with the waves, um, it's important that we as believers are not thrown off course. It's very easy for us to see all that's going on. And, and we've got to make sure that we put our trust in the captain. Does that make sense? To help us navigate the, the waters, the tumultuous waters that, that, that we see that all of us have an emotion about. Yeah. And so I would encourage you during this season to put your trust in the Lord. I realize that I'm jumping into the deep, so pray for me. Uh, because over the next eight weeks, you know, our society is talking about the election and and so this is just kind of where i'm at if the church is silent about what the nation is talking about then that is why the church seems irrelevant it it seems irrelevant and so i I believe that as a church there is no reason to avoid this moment as we look through scripture i'm confident that the holy spirit will help us and um, and I realize that, so we're going to talk about this in three parts. And so you're probably going to think after I get done, wow, he didn't say all of this. Well, you have to come back. Yeah. <laughs> One Marvel movie doesn't tell you everything. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. 
And so this would be like a, a teaser. It's, it's like a setup. Okay. And so if you want to know what's next, then you have to come back. So anyway, um, listen, for the church to be relevant, it must provide a gospel centered perspective. No matter how you came to America by birth, boat or battle, we are all here today. We're here today. And the greatest threat to our civil society isn't donkeys and elephants. It's humanity. It, it is humanity. And this is complex because mankind is investing time, money, and energy to build a utopia that works for all people without God. And you can't do it. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. It doesn't matter who has the Senate. It doesn't matter who has the Congress. Come on, does that make sense? It doesn't matter. You cannot build a, 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 a heaven without God. Come on, does that make sense? And so as we navigate this, the word politics, uh, according to the traditional meaning, is a study of state and government. Modern meaning is the study of power or the struggle for power. To leaders, politics is public service. Some would say uh, politics is what politicians do. <laughs> uh, most people would say politics are a scam. You know, I mean, uh, as we look at this, the very idea of politics divides people and triggers emotions. It causes us to live in constant tension where compassionate compassion is against character. Left is against right. Love for people is against law and order. And now we're all having to pick sides when what, when what if we don't want to? What if there are things that I can see that I have to navigate as a Bible-believing Christian... And I don't want to just be told, well, you have to do this or you have to do this. I mean, let me ask you this. Do you like it when someone who hasn't seen you in 15 years remembers who you were and thinks that's who you still are? And they've held you to that box. Oh, are you still? And you're like, like, I'm not even that person anymore. Like, here's who got it. What, here, does that make sense? And so, as believers, we have a mission. God has a blueprint for politics, priorities, and principles of a thriving nation. Tony Evans, he's a pastor. He said, God doesn't skip the church house to affect the White House. It is vital that during this season we stay on mission. For the next few weeks, we are going to start a sermon series called Stay on Mission. We have a mission. And, and come on, online, we, we've got to stay on mission. Let me read a, a rather long text to you. But I think that if we read it in its entirety, it's really going to help us. So there's not anything that we're going to deal with that God did not foresee. That's right. Okay, God is not, just so that you all know, God is not up there going, dang it. Like, like he foresaw it all. And he gave us the Bible. This is just kind of a uh, kind of an insert, but he gave us the Bible to help us navigate the events of the day. Yeah. 
So if we watch more Fox News or CNN than the Bible, then we will respond like the world and we'll miss how God tells us to respond. Does that make sense? Okay. Anybody ever tried to... Come on. I'm talking to you men. (laughs) Anybody ever tried to build something without the directions? (laughs) Hey. Listen. How hard is it to put up a crib? I'm just going to do it. All of a sudden, like it's on backwards, I'm frustrated, and my wife comes in and she's like, did you read the directions? And I'm like, no, let's start there. Does that make, so, so let's just pull back from the emotion of where we're at. Let's pull back of the division. Let's pull back because our world is in a collision. We're in a collision between what is ethical and what is moral. And so we're trying to decipher these decisions on our own based on information that we're getting from social media. (laughs) So let's pull back and let's read. Come on, the Bible. Okay, are you all ready? Psalms chapter 146. Let's read this. And we're going to put it up here and I want, I want you to kind of lock in with me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live and I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. So can I just tell you something? If your praising is less than your complaining, you are Part of our mission, and I'm going to talk about what the mission is, but there should be this gratitude and this no matter what happens in our world, listen, you can always know if we're shaken by who we're looking to. If I'm looking to the Lord, and no matter what I'm going through, and I'm telling our family has not been absent of adversity. We had uh, uh, Tia who went through uh, um, uh, being uh, septic and 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 had to have left, right, was it left or right? I don't know. Uh, part of her ear out in order to take the the infection, and so in that one ear, she 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 doesn't hear. We had a car wreck that you know permanently changed the way I play basketball. <laughs> Um, we, we, we've had learning disabilities and, and different, I mean, I'm just saying like, we're not absent of affliction, but in all of that, we begin to look to where our help comes from. And here's the deal. We got to get better at praising the Lord. Can I just tell you that the songs that we sing aren't a warm up? (laughs) When we do the songs, it's not yawn text and it doesn't matter if we show up to them. No, as a corporate body, we are beginning to sing. We are beginning to praise. We are beginning to exalt the Lord past our problems. I realize that some of you got news. I remember that maybe layoffs are happening. I know that we all deal with sicknesses and and events and family. But I'm telling you that while you come in carrying last week, there's got to be a moment where last week isn't constricting what God wants. Come on. Put not your trust. Listen to this. In princes. Prince. 
is. As a son of man in whom there is no salvation, when his breath departs, he will return to the earth on the very day his plans will perish. Blessed is he whose help is from the God of Jacob and whose hope is in the Lord. Come on, can I tell you that you are blessed if you are focused on who can help you. Who made the heavens, the earth, and the sea, and all that is in them? Who keeps faith forever? Who, listen, listen, executes justice for the oppressed? Who does that? Who gives food to the hungry? The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the what? The righteous church, we don't put our trust in a prince or a king or people of influence. Jesus was the only man, come on, that saved us. There is no politician, personality, or professional athlete that will beat death. This verse says that when their breath is gone on that very day, their plans will perish. Who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them? Not the Republicans. Who executes justice for the oppressed? Not the Democrats. Who gives food to the hungry? Not just the government. Who sets the prisoners free? Come on. Not the libertarians. Come on. Was that awesome? Hey! You're going to be that creative. Listen. (laughs) The Lord loves the righteous. The righteous. The righteous are those who are in right standing under God. Come on. Those who have transitioned from death to life. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 34. They don't have that. I'm going to read it to you. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Do we have an American problem? Or do we have a sin problem? Do we have a sin problem? Come on, in the last 20 years, we've gone from sitcoms that our families can watch to every show now is MATV. Do we have an American problem or do we have a sin problem? Come on. The Lord exalts a righteous nation and many times America has had moments when we have turned to the Lord and we've also had moments where we've turned away and we've hurt people. In 19, in 1864, in God we trust was put on all of our currency. Why? Because we were in the middle of a civil war. Families were against families. And people began to write the U.S. Treasury and say we need a time of healing. We need a time of unity. And it was at that moment that on every coin we started to put in God we trust. It was a moment to reclaim our nation after all that had happened. Then again, 
We were going through the Cold War. And in God we trust was put on every bill. And the reason was is because communism was on the rise. And we needed to remind our people, listen, that we do not trust in government alone, but we, come on, listen, trust in God. And in, in 1956, we changed our motto as a nation to in God, come on, we When we look at what's going on, we have to stay focused, come on, on the mission. This verse that we just read is telling us, stay on mission. Stay on mission. It's important to understand that American politics alone are not the reason for every pain and suffering that is in existence. Sure, responsibility falls on America, but it also falls on humanity, Humanity. It is crazy for us to blame the chef, but never take responsibility for picking up our fork. Well, I wouldn't be this if they didn't. Come on, help help me. Listen. As we look at this, When we turn on the news, there are so many different missions and objections and objectives and you can get so inundated and it can get so convoluted. Even believers, come on, can lose focus and pick party over the mission of the kingdom. Church. We have to stay missional. And if we do, revival can happen. Today at 6.15, I go to Seven Brew because that's what I do. And I walk through Seven Brew and there's a college student who's going to um, uh, INWAC. And we start talking and she goes, oh, you're dressed up early. And I'm like, I'm going to church. And she's like, I miss church. And I was like, don't miss it, girl. And she's like, well, I work all day. We have a 5.15. And she said, a night service? And she said, I've been so depressed. What is the mission for believers? Let me give you the mission. We're going to put it up here. Write this down if you can. Come on. The mission is to transition from death to life. To translate the love of the Father to others. Every person. That's our mission. To allow the Holy Spirit to renew our mind, which produces transformation. This is why we're here. This is what we're doing. This is the mission. This is what we're doing. My assignment today, as we we talk about this, I'm going to give you one missional thought for today's message and I'll give you the other two next week. For us, the one missional thought that I want to give you is we have to transition from death to life. We've got to stop focusing on things that are death and begin to focus on things that are life. Come on, somebody, help me. We've got to make a transition as we examine the nation of America. It's clear That our problems are more than politics. 
There has been a moral eroding of God's priorities, come on, and principles. There is a lie that says politics can fix everything. It's all that matters. Now, please don't understand me. I'm not being dismissive. I'm not trying to fight for the middle. I believe you should vote. If you've never voted, we have voter registrations out there. And I am praying over the next three weeks, you feel a compelling reason on why you should be registered to vote. Does that make sense? The reason we're doing it now is because after the first week of October, if you are not registered, you can't vote. Okay? So um, you may have to listen to this two or three times and get it in your heart. There may be a worldview that you've created, and I want to just kind of start at the beginning. For us, let's look back and let's see how God set up government so that we can see where we're at. Okay? Is that okay? So we're going to go back and we're going to get ground level. I know you already know this, but let's just have this conversation. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Let's look at this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Listen, listen. So, so I want you to lock in. This is better than a Marvel movie. This is a real origin story. You know what I'm Okay. Okay. When we remove God, then, then, then life follows. We remove life. Here is the context that I want you to see. And we can talk about Big Bang. We can talk about all of that at another time. But the reality is God was hovering and there was nothing. And who was the one that spoke and created something out of nothing? It was God. When God spoke, when God showed up from the, the creation to your life, to your marriage, come on, help me, to, to your children, to your home. When God shows up, what is darkness and dead and lifeless and void will begin to come alive. Come on, somebody. And if that means your home or America, I believe that God can do something if we will invite the presence of God to speak life over what, come on, y'all not with me. Come on. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, 31. And God said, let us make man. And the only reason I'm skipping this is because in Genesis chapter 1, it says what God's going to do. And then the next verse is, it describes what he did. And it's exactly the same thing. Does that make sense? So you can go read it in full context. But God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion. This is, this is going to be political. Over the fish, the sea, the birds of the air, the heavens, over livestock, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Animals were given to us. They are not created in God's image. They are friendly. Some of them. They are a blessing. They are needed. But they are not mankind. Does that make sense? Everyone 
watching or walking in today, I need you to know something. Rather you know it or not, you are created in the image of God and there is incredible potential in you. You did not just evolve. There was not this random occurrence that all of a sudden this accident happened billions of years ago and life was created. So it doesn't matter how you live because your very existence is an accident. You were created. There is a purpose and a calling and there is something in you that your DNA is that of God. I'm not saying you are God. I'm not saying you have the power of God. But you have been made in His likeness. And there is a difference in you. So animals and people aren't on the same level. Does that make sense? The hashtag animals are people too? Aren't. Come on, help me. Genesis chapter 1, 28 through 31. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, cool. If I've made you mad, don't tell me. All right, listen. God, look, listen. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Get out <laughs> and fill the earth. Subdue it. Have dominion over the fish, the birds, the air, the heaven, over every little thing that moves on the earth. And God said to them, I have given you every plant and seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit and you shall have them for food come on listen where my veggie people at listen and every beast of the earth and to every bird in the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth and everything that has breath of life i have given green plant for food listen there was no death everybody ate green stuff fruit Does that make sense? Like nobody ate each other. Nobody ate the animals. Everybody ate and God created what they needed to survive. Come on. Is this good? You're seeing something. Okay. Listen to this. And God saw everything that he made and behold it was very good. And there was evening morning on the sixth day. So here's what I want you to see. Under the first government God created... Here is what is there that you may not have seen. Order is good. Chaos is bad. There is ownership of property. Life should be valued and preserved. In other words, we believe from the womb to the tomb. This is how God set it up. Okay? So I'm not getting political What happened is man took concepts that they disagreed with God and began to change it and made it an issue. But this is how God set it up. Okay? There was no death. There was no killing. And there was peace. This was what man gave up. In Genesis chapter 3, this is what man gave up. By eating the forbidden fruit from the Garden of Eden, man was deceived. Deceived into thinking that we could govern a society without God. Metaphorically speaking, the first couple willingly chose to place their vote for self. By choosing. 
See, God gave them free will and they cast their vote for themselves. This caused a huge transition in their life, in our world, spiritually. And from that moment to this moment, we have been in conflict. Come on, is this good? God actually gave Adam the ability to choose how he would cast his vote. And this is why freedom is so important. God could have demanded and controlled Adam and Eve's vote. From that moment, a destructive pattern because we wanted to do life without God. And it has never quit since that moment. The first couple turned into the first family. And here's immediately what happened. While God redeemed them and he forgave them and he clothed them, the government system changed. They were now in charge. And so what happens? They have kids and one son kills the other son. America wasn't even there. In the first family, once God was removed, there was death. Okay? Then it got out of control so bad, so quickly, that because there was no law, God wanted a relationship. There was no standard of how to live. And so quickly it got out of hand. And we read in Genesis 6 that Noah and his family were saved and God flooded, come on, what? help me, the earth. It was crazy. You can go back and read the type of sin that was going on and you're like, is that 2020? No, I'm sorry. But, but, but that, that you can read it. And so God said, okay, hold on, we're going to do this again. And so he put judges and prophets in place. And here's what happened. The people rejected their voice. He gave the law. And people reject. Does that make sense? First Samuel chapter 8 verse 4 and 5. Look at this. So the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, you are old. Wait, 2005? Stop, stop, stop. And your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint for us a king. So that we can be like all the other nations. So here's the deal. We went from relationship with God to relationship with self. There was no self-government. Come on, help me. So God, we had to wipe out, start over, so that we came now. Now there were judges and people who spoke to God and God spoke through them and said, don't do that, do that, do that. Well, forget you, what's wrong here? Okay, you're not my mama. You know what I'm saying? And, and so we got rid of their voice. Come on. And we began to disqualify people. I don't want a prophet. I don't want a priest. We want a king like everybody else. And so, because of free will, God said, fine, you can have it. The people wanted a king. They didn't approve of Saul's son. Listen to this. They chose willingly monarchy. As time progressed... There was a rejection of how kings ruled. <laughs> we didn't want kings. Kings were corrupt. Kings would, would terrorize. Come on, does that make sense? There would have been a good king or a bad king. There were times in, 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 when you read history that kings did like bad things. 
And if it wasn't their kings, it was their sons, and it was daughters, it was queens. It was full of drama. It was crazy. And so you know what we said? We're done with that. We're going to cancel the kings. And we're going to create a constitutional republic. And if you go back in time, there was only four other nations that had done, had done this. Two of them stopped. So we, America, is one of the top two that continued this constitutional republic. And what we said is, we don't want to be governed by some stank nasty family. We want to pick our representatives from our peers. We want people like us to vote with us. And we're going to create this until we don't like it anymore. Come on, listen. All of history. This is not to give I feel it feels like a history lesson. It's not supposed to be. Um, but all of this reminds us. That mankind has continually canceled a ruling system it did not like. Our lust for power has us believing that once everything changes, it will be good. When really the change comes inside of us. Can I ask you a question? What good is a great economy, health care, social justice, a mighty military, if everyone is spiritually dead? All of the issues that I just mentioned are important. But our trust isn't in perfect policy, it's in a perfect Savior. At times, I've been guilty of picking up a cause rather than the mission. Church, we've got to stay on mission. Both the minority and the majority's greatest need is Jesus, not control. Come on. And y'all can come up. Jesus has allowed us to move from death to life. From death to life. You've got to make a transition. Come on, hear me. You've got to make a transition. Could it be that what we see in our country is just a reflection of the lack of life. See, we actually believe there would be no consequences for removing the Ten Commandments. Well, we're not under the law. You're right. We are not under the law. But Jesus said that not one of these things will go away until I come. See, the beauty thing about what Jesus did is not that the standard went away. It's just that when we fell short, we weren't dismissed. But the standard is still in effect. And so you're telling me that putting God first, loving your neighbor, regardless if you know them, regardless of how they vote, regardless of how they look, regardless if they have an accent or not, is bad? Not Wanting your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's husband? Ha! Outdated. Yes, as seen as on most of our TV shows. 
We're digesting infidelity. We are digesting compromise. We are digesting these things that God said you will not thrive. You will not thrive. And you can blame uh, Bush and Obama and Clinton. And you can blame, you know, Trump. And you can blame whoever you want to blame. But the reality is you continually digest something that will not work in your life. And it's a whole lot easier to blame a man or a woman than it is to take responsibility. This is the message the church doesn't want to hear. Your actions. Your actions are causing you to ignore someone you should engage in. Your actions are causing your home to be toxic. Your actions, come on, your, our actions, not, not your, not, I'm not trying to be like you, not me. Our actions, come on, our actions are the ones that do this. I don't need a political party to tell me how to treat someone. And I don't need a political party to tell me that there should be order. We will be a multicultural, multi-generational church. We will minister. There will be... I'm speaking it into existence. I don't want to be a segregated white church. I don't want to be... I don't want to have to walk the needle of am I too Republican or am I too Democrat? I just want to do the Word. I want to vote the Word. I want to look and see how God said it and I want us to align to that. Does that make sense? Like that body will thrive. We won't always agree. But I've been married for 18 years. Come on, somebody. It gets real over the thermostat. We all have different personalities and backgrounds and experiences and all of that that we have walked through. And we're going to have to take all of that and submit that to the Lord. Some of you have never faced racism. Never. And so the fact that you talk about it when you've never experienced it seems a little bit... It's not compassionate. It's like if you've always been married and you're talking about divorce and someone is there and you're coming from the aspect where if you would have done better, you wouldn't have been divorced. But you have no idea what's going on and what happened in that circumstance. Come on. It doesn't mean that we don't give truth. We give how to live, not what you should have done. We give the gospel. We give the Holy Spirit. Come on. Are you hearing me? When we reject God, chaos will be present. When we reject God, chaos will be present. we got to make a transition, church. Lasting hope doesn't come from politics. It comes from Jesus. The biggest move that you can make in your life is a transition from death to life. And I'm not saying don't study. I'm not saying don't know the candidates. I'm not saying don't, don't, don't have a position. But our position is how God set it up. Come on, somebody. Red, yellow, black, white, brown. We can all transition. 
poverty, brokenness, abuse. We can all transition. I just got back from a trip with a bunch of camp friends and all of these guys are successful. They all live in different parts of the country. They all come from a different perspective. And there were moments when we talked it. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we talked. And while it was passionate, it wasn't confront, confrontational. Because we know the mission. The mission is we, we, we rally around Jesus. We submit under Him. And so we can have dialogue because dialogue helps us see what we didn't see. Does that make sense? We're so scared of someone changing us that we're refusing to let God change us. We got to remember the mission. The mission is bigger than the discussion. Stay on mission. Come on, that's my stay on mission. Come on, help me. Stay on mission. When we post, stay on mission. Come on, you prophet personality types, stay on mission. You activists, stay on mission. You passive personalities, stay on mission. Stay on mission. And I believe over the next two Sundays. We're going to talk about candidates. We're going to talk about all. We're going to, it's, going to be, it's going to get better. You should come. But, but, but here's the thing. Is if we cannot agree on this, then we cannot agree. Does that make sense? Come on, y'all stand up with me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.